It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal, Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report, and special guest from Barstool Sports, Bobby Reagan. Riggs, we appreciate you being on tonight because uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on in the podcast about something you're involved with. I got a chance to read up on that a little bit last week that's that, that's pretty cool. So we'll, we'll save that as a teaser, but appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back again. We'll, we'll, we'll do the best to not swear and, and ruin you guys <laughs> off the... Uh the listener podcast. Well, we, we, we do enough of that on our own, so we, we, that, we, we try really, really hard. Rick has a lot of editing to do when we get done with this <laughs> yes. podcast. I mean, people are already clamoring for me to be exiled from this podcast. Oh, I realize that. Today, I so. realize that, big mouth, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, today, uh, as we're doing this podcast, it comes uh, mere hours after the uh, NCAA selection committee came out with their top 16 seeds, four number ones, four number twos, four number threes, four number fours, and we'll touch on the expanded bracketology that Jerry Palm from uh, CBSSports.com did because it will include some of the other teams that uh, that we cover on a regular basis. First and foremost, uh, the, the four one seed Xavier was one of them. You see a two seed Ohio State was a was a four seed. Um, let's just touch on the locals first, then we'll look at it at, at how it all shook down. Uh, Xavier, the number three, number one, and you see technically, I think the number two, number two, right? But they no, have the, they have the they're actually around. the number four, number two. Okay, seed. Are they? okay. I, that's all confusing to me because basically what the the committee chair said chair said was we had to flip this team, this team, and that team in order to put Cincinnati where they should be as the eight in the bracket with the one. I'm, you know, I, I argued this last year. I will argue this from now until the end of time. Seed the damn thing one to sixty-eight. Put it on a bracket and go. And, and you're okay if if two teams from the same conference meet. I don't care. Early, Riggs. Yeah, I like. I don't like that just because I like the. I like the factor of the conspiracy theory more than anything else too. <laughs> because like, because there's always a way to find right, a conspiracy like, theory like in it. Last year, it's Kentucky versus Northern right. Nor- uh, Northern Kentucky in the first round, and then North Carolina in the lead eight in a rematch, and it's there's always something like that. Like you know, Virginia and Michigan State always have to be in the same bracket. Give me that, just because I'm all for watching the world burn. Yeah, people, I mean, I, people I, losing their mind. I get that standpoint, but also if you're gonna do the C, if you're gonna do the S curve, then put them on the damn bracket in the S curve. Yeah, I mean, the S-curve, I, I get it. I just wish, I know there's all the, the bracketeering principles. I wish they would take the S-curve a little bit more into consideration. I, because, honestly, at this age, how important is geographic protection? Correct. It's not anymore. It really isn't. It's not. And, and Especially you, if you're a big Well, then, team. if that's the case, why does UC and Mick complain every year about getting sent out west? Conspiracy Be- Because theory. they get sent out, because it's happened, like, a ton. But which if it is doesn't why matter, they about it. then why? If I mean, whether that happened, then the seat. I like. I don't. I don't understand that. It's like every year I've heard the I'm, argument. I'm UC's not been screwed by. Center. So, but you, you made get, that argument last year too. That it's, it's, they get screwed it's, by getting it's sent an inconvenience out to have to get sent out there. That, yeah, that, that part is true. I mean, it is an inconvenience. It, yeah, I'm, that's thinking, the main thing. I'm thinking more for the major programs like the Kentuckys, the Carolinas, the Kansases, and the Dukes of the world. They're going to have fans. The, the fan base Anywhere. is going to be there no matter where you are. So, and. Yeah, if you can keep them, like, for instance, this year, uh, if you can keep them in, in Nashville, Detroit, wherever the closest is, yeah, do that, but really try to keep it that S-curve. Like, the, I'd rather punish the lower seed and make them travel cross-country. I don't care about that because I know even sometimes they'll try to say, okay, well, you know, we'll keep them at, at this seed because it's 
closer and helps with their you know well, travel. Still, you get you get flexibility with the pods the yeah. first two games anyway. Yeah. So why are you protecting for something that they might not even get to? When you when you talk about the second round, which is ultimately what they're protecting towards, right. is the second round. I, yeah, you can protect and put them where they need to be in the pods in the first, you know, two games or whatever. But I, I just I would rather it be much more true to the one through sixty eight line than what we see. I just think it makes it if if you feel like this is where all the teams are, then put them in those slots and let's play the tournament the way the brackets should be played out. Um, the the four one seeds Virginia got the one overall Villanova one of the other one seeds no surprise and Purdue the other uh, no surprise in the in the one seeds any surprise that Virginia was the one overall not not, not yeah, at this not point really. I mean they have two losses at ones to a Virginia Tech team now in the tournament it's at home yeah that's not ideal the other one at West Virginia no one's gonna complain about that you know as a, a bad loss or anything like that unless they keep losing. Right, <laughs> but even then, they're still going to end up being a quadrant one loss. Yeah, even, even if they keep losing the RPI, I would be high. And they're, I mean, twelve and one in the ACC. I have zero problems with that. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I would have had Villanova as my as my overall number one seed. They've they're they're nine and one in the quadrant one right. games. Virginia seven and one. So it just seems pretty simple. Everything else is pretty equal. Why not give the team that has a couple bigger wins? Well, yeah, I, I guess for me the tiebreaker is do you look at your who is the worst loss, who is the best win type thing? Because they're both, I mean, 1A, 1B. I, I, I think everybody in the world has them 1, 2. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would say is, and it's not even really a criticism, after two losses I don't know that I would have Purdue as a 1, but I sure as hell wouldn't put Auburn. They had Auburn fifth. Right. I'm sure as hell not putting Auburn on the 1 seed line. So I don't know who you replace – Purdue with if you take them right. off the one line. I guess here's the other question to it. Then are are any of the are, are are all those ones even Xavier? Are they all four vulnerable before the end of the year yeah. of getting surpassed? Yes, yes. And uh, how vulnerable? I guess is the question. I would say Purdue's the most vulnerable. Yeah, I would agree with that because what do they have left? They don't have any quality game. Like this was their week and they went zero and two. So they're going to get wins, which is great, but they're going to finish. Possibly third in the Big Ten. And, well, the key which, is to avoid the to avoid the loss, though. That's the other avoid point. the loss. And conference standings are kind of irrelevant unless you're in the Big East or the Big Twelve, just because it's round robin. Um, but you know, you, you're behind Ohio State, behind Michigan State with losses to both. Okay, now what happens? Now I think you're the most Big Ten tournament's going to be incredibly it's interesting yeah, because it's, it's early. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 almost a full week because before. it's going to be almost those, factored into the regular season. It is because if Purdue wins that, okay, they might hold on to that one seed. If Michigan State wins that, do they get Bolt all the way? And and here's the uh, here's the other thing: there can't be any upsets in there. If you're if you're yeah. Michigan State, Ohio State, or Purdue, you want chalk across the board in the Big Ten tournament because of how. Pathetic, the league is right, and they clearly punished the Big Ten today as a selection show, and deservedly so. Um, But Michigan State, I just don't know what to make of them because when I watched them, we talked about it on the last podcast. I said I'm doing this purely out of an eye test because I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I would have them as my fourth number one seed going into this show, but they don't have the resume at all. They're three and two in the in quadrant one wins, which isn't even close to the other one seeds. That's what I think a lot of people forget or don't realize when you're talking about seedings. It's not best team it's best resume like everyone everyone's I've, I've gotten into it so many times especially with michigan state fans this week where i said hey love listen you. yeah i know i was like listen you're, they're like they're not going to be a one seed 
They're just not. Like, they have work to do. You're a big Michigan State guy. And, I, I like Michigan State. And I think, that's I think, the best part about this whole thing. I think that's absolutely fair. I didn't think they, they deserved to be a one seed. Yeah. But I was surprised they weren't a two seed. I, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I Honestly, just because, again, they got what? Their best one of the season? How many do they have Q1, Q2 combined? They're eight and three See, that's, in quadrant one and quadrant two. But I think three, only three, having two, three eight. Two in quadrant one. But yeah. only having eight. That's is teams have that in one well, yeah. quadrant. Well, one. and they've only got one quadrant one road win. Right. So let, let me quickly rattle off the two seeds. UC was one of them. Obviously, Kansas was also a two seed. Yeah. Duke, Duke, and Auburn. Auburn they certainly has, has at least earned it to this point. Um, I, I, Kansas, I just I, I debate. They have a, they have the wins, I, and I agree. Like I think they should have been the second ranked. Big 12 team, but Kansas has the wins. Kansas is interesting because them and North Carolina are the only two teams in the top 16 with a bad loss, a loss outside the top two quadrants. Yeah. So Kansas having that bad loss makes their resume a little bit different. But when you look at, at it, the committee, we've talked about this multiple times, the committee values big wins over everything else. When you look at Kansas, nine and four against quadrant one. Like, yes, they have some losses, and it's but they neutral have nine court. quadrant one wins. And and their best wins came on neutral court. Yeah, they're five and two on the road, quadrant yeah. one. Not yeah. neutral, on the road. The funny thing is they've almost done themselves a favor losing a bunch of games at home. Yeah, because they're going and winning on the road. But they're losing the games at home, which aren't weighted as heavily. Right. It's, 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 that part is really interesting in my brain, like wrapping my mind around Kansas's resume. Right. Because they're kind of rewarded for losing the games at home and taking care of business on the road. It's just a weird little like and they nuance have, in the system. And they have good wins, which is why they're, they're there. And I, I don't have a problem with it, even though I don't think that they're one of the I don't top think they're six best. Yeah, I don't think they're the sixth best team in the country, but. But the resume says neutral court Michigan State, neutral court uh, uh, Kentucky at West Virginia. Uh, didn't they have another good neutral court win? If I remember off the top of my head, I thought they had three neutral court wins with the PK eighty and whatnot. But regardless, like you're you're getting these wins that the committee value yeah. on the road and neutral court, and it's coming against other big names. Can you guys explain something to me here with how the S curve worked out with the two seeds? Auburn is twenty-two and three. They're four and three against quadrant one, five and zero against quadrant two, three and one on the road against quadrant one teams. So again, that is a uh, a nine and three overall record against quadrant one and quadrant two teams. UC twenty-two and two overall, four and two against quadrant one. So basically, same amount of wins, one less loss. Eight and zero against quadrant two. UC is twelve and two against quadrant one, quadrant two teams. They are three and one against road quadrant one teams, same as Auburn. Now, obviously, people are going to say strength of schedule, strength of schedule. Auburn's in the SEC, but Auburn's fifty third in strength of schedule. UC is seventy fourth. That's not a disparity. That's enough for me to be like, oh yeah, Auburn's clearly got the better resume. Explain to me why Auburn is the number one two seed on the S curve and UC is the number four two. Seed I on have the S curve. no idea why Auburn is the number one so, team on the S the I, two seed. I, I, I agree with that. I have no why? idea why. Why I have, I think that they are above Cincinnati at as of this date, which is when the rankings come out. The win at Tennessee, it's better than anything see, anything that UC has yeah. at, at so this far. current moment. Yeah, it, it the is, win at Tennessee. Well, it is, but like if that was a win against a top five team or even a top ten team that I like feel is really good, I'd be like, okay, that's a that's an eye popping right. win. But that's, ask, ask ask a regular what what would you prefer a, a road win at UCLA or a road right. win at Tennessee. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously UCLA kind of stinks this year. Buffalo's, I think, actually UC's, UC's best, best win right one, now, yeah. according to the RPI, which you know is what it is. But I just it, again, if it if it was if it was eye popping, like if they had that top five winner, a team that you said, wow, that's a really good win, I would change my mind. Or if their strength of schedule was in the twenties or thirties and not the mid fifties then I'd say, yeah, they deserve it. Right now, I just don't see how their resume is better than Cincinnati. I don't see how they're four spots ahead of Cincinnati. Actually. No, that's a, I, I, would, I, I agree with that. I, I, don't think, I wouldn't have them five. I wouldn't have them four spots ahead of Cincinnati. But why I could see why the committee would have them ahead of Cincinnati. I could see them one, like one spot. spot ahead, yeah, yeah, I could see that's them one I, spot ahead of Cincinnati. I would have them seven and eight. Yeah. If Cincinnati's eight. And like I said, I thought Cincinnati coming in was going to be nine. You Same. thought they were going to be a three. I don't know where. I, I, I thought like they 10. were going to be nine yeah. just because this week is the money week for them. You're right. At Houston, and, and Wichita, Wichita State, State at home. Right. Like this is this is their moving week. If you're going to... If you're going to make a claim for you're, two or a possible you, you one. You win these two games no matter what you do at Wichita. And obviously not slip up in the other two. Senior day at Wichita games. is going to yeah, be difficult. But no, and not slip up in the other two games right. that you've got left other than that. You win these next two games, though. I honestly think you hammer down a two seed at the yeah. very worst. I think you hammer it Unless down, you do something period. stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you win, like you said, you're locked into a two seed barring a collapse. If you lose, you're looking at now. Four or five go, seed, right? I don't know about five, three or four. But, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not factoring so the American yeah. tournament too. Like, yeah, let's say you let's say you lose in the semis there to Houston <laughs> or whatever, and you you know you lose at home Wichita or at. Houston. Well, I mean, if you lose three more times, then that's you're what in I'm trouble. Saying, that's what I say. If you lose, one I, don't, of those, I don't know that they lose one of these, and we just assume that they've got two more in them. Yeah, I know. But if you. <laughs> He's going nuclear option. It's like the Kentucky, right, right. It's like the Kentucky nuclear option. But if you split, I think you're still in play for, like I said, a two, three seed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the three seeds were Michigan State, North Carolina, Clemson, and and Texas Tech. Was there anybody that you looked at the four? And I'll, I'll rattle those off very quickly. Uh, Arizona, Tennessee were two of the fours. Uh, the other fours were Ohio State and Oklahoma. You mentioned the Big Ten getting ding with Michigan State as a three, Ohio State as, as a four. Um, Oklahoma was about the only one that surprised me. But I want to go back to the three seed lines first. Any of the three seeds that should have been dipped below that? No, I would have Texas Tech up though. Okay, I thought Texas Tech should have been. I had them as like a fourth one seed, and I, and we talked about it a couple minutes earlier. I know the non conference isn't great, but they have four quadrant one or two wins in the non conference, yeah. and then you're winning probably the, the best conference in America, and, and you have the win at Kansas, which. I mean, that's probably, what, one of the seven best wins of the college basketball season? Except four people have it. Yeah, it did get devalued. <laughs> that's, that's it did the get devalued. There. There's four other teams out there with that on their on their uh, resume. So if Texas Tech, I, 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 I didn't look at the schedule who they end with, but if they get a couple more road wins, they're in play for a one seed. Yeah, if they win the Big 12, I think you have to be in play they're for a one seed. They're not going to win the Big seed. 12 because it's a rite of passage that, that, right. that can't they might tie. Well, but yeah. Well, I, gonna, I meant the tournament. Yeah, no, the the regular season, yeah. they're they, game up, they right? might tie. They're game up. Yeah, they're game up. With, they're not. They're not going to. I don't. They can't. Don't, something will happen where Kansas yeah, will Kansas get a tie. Is, Kansas is going to win at Texas Tech. Yeah, because it's a rite of passage. Right. Well, and the thing about Kansas is, them and Xavier are the only two teams in the top sixteen with fourteen tier one, yeah. tier two combined wins. So they're they're in a spot where it's going to be really easy to say the resume is a one. Yeah. And it's going to oh, be yeah. really easy for the committee to do that. And the same thing, I would say North Carolina, when you start looking at these threes, North Carolina is going to end up with a resume that if they win some games down the stretch here, they could easily move right up because they're 7-5 and five against uh, Quadrant 1. With seven wins, no one else above them has that until you get up to Kansas at number 6 with 9. So 
they're going to have a lot of good wins compared to the rest of the teams they're around. Just to touch on what you did, Riggs, for a second, Texas Tech ends with Oklahoma at home on Tuesday, at Baylor, at Oklahoma State, then Kansas at home, at West Virginia, so you, and then TCU. So you still got some really good opportunities left on that schedule. And a lot of potholes. And, and a lot of potholes, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Um, Oklahoma, did they deserve the four seed, or is it mostly a matter of attrition when you start looking below that and go, I told Rick, I said, I actually had to write a story for the website today and, and pre-wrote it. And I, I left the one spot. But that was the only spot I didn't get because I thought, I don't know who to put there. I really don't. And when they put Oklahoma, I went, sure, I, I guess. I would have probably had Gonzaga there as the 16. Um, you're, you're nitpicking at that point. I probably would have had Arizona and Oklahoma out and Gonzaga and West Virginia in as 15 and 16. West However, just feels like it's slipping. And, and man, They are, but so is Oklahoma. Yeah, fair. Oklahoma's fair, lost, right. what, six of eight? Yeah. yeah. But I, I know they have some good wins and everything like that, but Gonzaga getting the win at St. Mary's on Saturday night, that put them into the 16 spot for me. Oklahoma, they're just in a good spot because, again, the committee is going to value how many good wins yeah. you have. They have they're they have six quadrant one wins. They're six and five against quadrant one. None of their losses are bad. They they have a lot of losses. They're but it's six, all they're sixteen and eight, but they're all quadrant one or quadrant two losses. So they're not getting dinged for all those losses they've piled Ding. up. Plus, they have Trey Young. I am I am surprised <laughs> though that West Virginia wasn't there above them just because they just completed the sweep of them too. Yeah, but I just think two similar resumes and West Virginia has the best win. I think the committee wants to make it very easy for them to put yeah. Trey Young in as good of a position as possible. And, for this and I'm tournament. not gonna lie, I've not looked at Rhode Island's resume. All I've looked at is what Rhode Island's record was. Could they be in the conversation? Could I, they have been in it? I wouldn't. I think they're if they went out and win the A ten tournament, yeah, they could maybe get a four. They're getting what, one quality win out of right. there. Yeah. Like it just I, I I was talking about that the other day with Rhode Island fans, and it's just like yeah, like all twenty eight and three records aren't Created the same, equal. Right. right? That's fair. Xavier fans are having PTSD right now, talking about A10 resumes. Right, so right, right, right. Be out exactly. of that situation. Exactly. But I mean, the A10 is horrendous, it's horrible this year. I think it's what tenth on Ken Bomb's yeah, rankings. It's really bad. It's, and I mean, it's behind. This is a league that was getting three, four teams in two years ago, three years ago. And I think it's going to be back on the upswing when you get some recruits coming in and, and coaches getting settled. I don't think it's going to be this bad long term, but it's real bad right now. I don't I don't know how Rhode Island gets above a 5 seed. Like their best win is falling. Seton Hall has been right. falling apart. That's kind of what they hung their hat on. They lost at Nevada. You win there, that would have, that then what other, you're in consideration. They beat what Providence? Yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah. they beat Providence, Providence, but that was at home. Yeah. So it's like okay, that's yeah, it. I, that's was, I knew they win. had one yeah. other like Power conference like that was victory. A, that's that was, a decent win, but at home, it's how yeah. many how many teams have beat Providence at home? All right, let, let's look at, at at how and Jerry Palm from from CBS Sports after the the seeds were revealed, he he did his own bracketology, extended out, taking those seeds into account, and then adding his own to it. Um, we'll start with Xavier. Xavier would have a first round matchup with an eight seed Alabama, but I, even looking at, at what they got one through four seeds, I, I, I would. I said this on Sports Authority. I would petition to cancel the season. And start right now. And start right now with that bracket. I would too, Rick. I I think the only thing you look at um, with the – and again, the bracketology when you start going all the way out is just stupid. It is. It is, but it – I mean, the the top four seeds are stupid enough, but at least you're like, okay, the S-curve makes sense. We can look at that and debate that. 
But when you start saying, oh, which seven or eight seed is going to be paired up against you, there's going to be so much sure, movement right. between no now and then. No doubt. It's so stupid yeah. to talk Who's about the matchups. Bids, but that's what I, I mean, like I'm just but, looking at it from a top four seed perspective. I mean, they, Sign me up for that right Xavier now. Xavier got the best top four seed Absolutely. quadrant you could get. The only thing I would say is if you've got Alabama, you've got Colin Sexton, who could be a nightmare matchup for John Xavier. Petty, followed by Trey Hurt. Young, possibly. And then you could get Trey Young eventually, which would be a nightmare matchup for Xavier. So you do get a couple of really dangerous guards in that quadrant. But at the same time, you get dangerous guards on pretty bad teams, to be quite honest, considering where they're ranked. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all like we talked about before we went on Sports Authority. It's talent. Like, it, that's the scary thing about, like, Alabama. You're, you have NBA talent with Sexton, John Petty, Herb Jones. Like, Avery Johnson's a, a good enough coach to – we saw what he did defensively against Trey Young. He could yeah. probably come up with something for Blewett. It's the, I agree they have the best draw as of now when you look at the top four, but it's going to be a weird year, man. Just as there's eight, nine games. If you're a one seed or a seven, ten, if you're a two seed, you're looking at names. Kentucky, Alabama, um, Arizona State. I mean, we've seen them. What if they get hot shooting? The yeah, ball? those guards get hot again. Right. Yeah. Can we get into the Cats with him? I mean, you're, you're a U.K. guy. You follow U.K. closely. We've been talking about them a lot. I've been on the the boat of all along. I just don't want to see them early in the tournament if I'm like a one seed playing them as an eight nine. Yeah. Because yes, they suck right now. I get that. Takes one win. They have yeah. five McDonald's All Americans starting and a couple more coming off the bench. I don't want to find out that they hit their stride against me in the first round of the tournament. And we have history of this happening before. I mean, this with is with better players. With better players, they don't have the Julius Randle, but they do have. You know, let's say Kevin Knox fi- figures out he can be second half West Virginia Kevin Knox. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. That's think, scary. I like, don't. That's, think, that's your Julius Randle. Right. I don't think this team is like Archie Goodwin Nerlens Noel team. I well, think this they're team, worse. But worse right now in terms of their resume. But I think they're worse when ta- when Nerlens was healthy. And yeah, but Nerlens got hurt. When, and then, and then that yeah, that became an NIT. But this think, is not. This is not an NIT. Yeah, no. But I think when Nerlens was healthy, this is the worst team that yes. Calipari's had. I, I, I do too. That's probably fair, but I, I don't. That team by the end of the year didn't have a guy like Kevin Knox right. who could go win well, you a game and score 35. I don't even think it's Knox, honestly. It, he has the biggest potential. To me, it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's their best player when they're he's, doing well, but he's been gone for too long. Now, he's come yeah. back a little bit recently, but he had a stretch there where he was non-existent for way Teams too long. Teams are just sagging off of him and making him... Daring him to shoot, but yeah. that's where... Honestly, that's where Hammy Diallo can't play. He's awful right now. He is so bad. Awful. Because he doesn't realize... like He's... He's JV Andrew Wiggins in the sense that he looks he looks the part. <laughs> JV Andrew Wiggins. That's so accurate. He, he looks the part. He everything about him. He should be the, the he man. should be the he best be the defender in college oh, basketball. Yes, sir. And he can't guard anybody. And, and when he's not when he's not scoring the ball, when he's not out in transition, he needs to be rebounding and defending. He's not he doing do either that. of those things. He, he, again, he did it against West Virginia. That's part of the reason why they came back. Where is it the rest of the time? Like that's where he needs if he's not doing that, you can't play him, and you got to play Green and and uh, uh, Joseph Alexander together. You think there's any chance he comes back, Hami Diallo? No, me neither. That, that, that's the funny thing about it. You try to explain that to UK fans. It's like he still shows flashes of being an elite defender for two or three possessions at a time. He's still going to be a top 30, 35 pick at the it, worst. He'll be a first round guy. Exactly. He's still going to go, and he's still an NBA prospect despite the fact that he's not playing and, well in his first year of college. And wings are coming in next year for Kentucky. <laughs> right, you got to move them on out. Make well, room. It's, it's wings that are going to fit their system a little bit better. Because I, I mean, I think a lot of people forget. Like Kentucky has a four star who's a, a shooter, not playing this year. 
Jamar Baker. Yeah. You got him. You got Tyler Harrow. You got um, uh, Keldon Johnson. These are all wings that can kind of step in and fit the role better than what Diallo's doing. So it's go or play 25 minutes a game tops. And the sad on. part about the draft is he would be drafted ahead of Jacob Evans, and that's criminal. Yeah, like Jacob Evans is a better player than him. Far but, better player than him. GMs are going to see. Potential is potential. The athleticism, the potential, younger. That's why the teams at the front of the draft stay at the front of the there, draft. There's some of that, too. And the teams at the back of the draft stay at the back of the there, draft. There is some of that. Um, so you brought up Kentucky. I'm glad you did because they were made a seven seed in Jerry Palm's thing. And you mentioned. Let's talk about that pod real well, quick. That's, that's where I'm going to go with it. The first-round matchup for UC, mythically, is number two seed Cincinnati. Oh, that man. part's not mythical as we speak. UC fans think they hate me now. And, and what he does is... No, they hate you now. Let, let, let that matchup happen. <laughs> they really hate What he now. does is plug in what's essentially the conference leader in the one-bid conferences, which the Horizon League is. NKU, technically, based on wins, um, is the leader there. So he gave them the, the Horizon League bid. They're the number 15 seed facing UC in, in, in round one, with Kentucky looming as a possible second-round matchup for the oh, UC fans hate me. Do we fuck? <laughs> oh, I, would, really hate me. I, I, I want all you sweat of Kentucky. It? No, I want all of Kentucky yeah, that's, right now. That's they might terrible. score 30. That that would be a terrible matchup for Kentucky. They can't the shoot. Side, it's kind of what we talked about with Cincinnati, with it, like the, the Virginia, the, the world where it's the terrible matchup, but it's also kind of the best matchup because Cincinnati struggles scoring. They, they Not get nearly as much point, as they have. But it's from point guard play, which is typically where – Kentucky can struggle defensively as they give up those high ball screens with, with good point guard play. But UC's been using Jacob Evans right. as their that's, point guard. That's what's going to happen there. <laughs> it's one of those, like, it's 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 a weird matchup, but it's, it's a terrible matchup for Kentucky. But again, Cincinnati fans would probably be... But there's the possibility that game's played in the low 60s, and Kentucky can score in the low 60s, right. they just can't score more. Well, that's what, I don't know that they can score in the low 60s. That's what... People don't realize with Calipari, he's a defensive coach. Yeah, like he always has. Been. He'd be thrilled. Like everyone thinks he's his offensive coach because dribble drive and all the all the NBA players. No, he's always no, he's been defense. And, and yeah. you know this though. I mean, that, that he's got it because UC was placed in in the, in well the, in the region, but in the pod actually the pod there would be in Nashville. That would lot, be lot 90, of Kentucky, lot of Kentucky fans. Ninety five percent below. Yeah, man. Kentucky fans are already booked to go to Nashville regardless of what right. the Kentucky. Just yeah, that's just so that's yeah. what that's every weekend in Nashville. That's a good point. Half yeah. of them live there. Right. Like that that. Arena, well, any of the SEC tournament there a week before, like, right. everyone would just stay. Yeah, it, that that arena would be ninety five percent below, and it, it'd be it'd, it'd be a road game for Cincinnati in both games. Yeah, because Kentucky fans would probably cheer for, for Northern NKU. Kentucky. Yeah, would NKU scare you, Chad Brendel? Um, have to a little bit. They yeah, be a a little bit, yeah. that's a great matchup for NKU because they love to come out, run and gun, and play free, and it's not what UC typically wants to do in that type of atmosphere. And I, so. I don't think NKU is a fifteen seed. I yeah, I don't either. I think they're low, like a 14. Yeah. I mean, they're maybe a 13, 70, 80 in yeah. Ken Palm. They've risen back up to where, where they're like in the low 80s, but they were in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, so, like I think they should be like 14, a 14 15. A, yeah. You could even maybe argue a 13. Yeah. Um, so they, they would scare you enough? It, it, it wouldn't be comfortable. It wouldn't be comfortable in a 2 15 game. Like you it, should feel comfortable. Right, no. no 2 f- 15 should feel good about NKU. Especially honestly. in the. They'll probably be the best 15 seed if that's where they end up. Especially in the first half where it's like a six point lead at half. Right. And you're going, oh, yeah, all right, now what? And then McDonald's steps out and bangs yep. a couple threes. I mean, it, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be something where. Because NKU can score in the 80s. 
against Cincinnati's defense, that's probably going to drop down into the mid sixties. Well, it was like Texas A and M, although that was a road game. And, but if that game shot it horribly, horribly. If that, that game's game. in the mid sixties, NKU would be hanging around for most of that yeah, game because you're talking it's probably sixty eight, sixty two, something right. like that. And there's your conspiracy theory: the UC NKU they played on the same home court all year, and the possible UC Kentucky matchup in round two. Um, would they bring UC's court to the uh, first round site? <laughs> Not if NKU had practice earlier that day. <laughs> That's correct. It would have to. It would have to stay. Uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, the possible second round matchup of Ohio State is a four seed in number five West Virginia. Got the the, the Huggins brothers played at each. Now one uh, the Huggins one Huggins obviously coaches at West Virginia. It, it's I mean, that's a no, that's a stretch. It is. And that's what I was gonna tell you. You're stretching all, all pretty of hard. These I can make a conspiracy. Kansas Texas A and M is a two seed second round game. Former former Big, Big Twelve, 12 yeah. uh, alliances. Duke and Missouri. Quinn Snyder went and coached at Missouri at one point. Former Duke. I mean, you got six no, degrees of separation. Conspiracy theory there is Michael Porter Jr. is coming back to play yeah, yeah, against okay, the other Duke <laughs> McDonald's All Americans. Just, top just, in the, just in the nick of time. Yep. No, it is funny if you start looking at all these matchups. You cut, there's a, you can come up with some level of conspiracy theory very quickly. You also have a. Um, uh, bunker built in your backyard, and you wear a tinfoil hat around. I don't wear the tinfoil hat, but I do have the bunker. Yes, indeed. I, I don't. I don't. I don't need the tinfoil. <laughs> you and Adam Morrison. Hat. Yeah, exactly. Right, any other takeaways from from what you guys saw today? I mean, no. It's it's just a fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to it's, get a glimpse into where the committee's head is at today. Would you like to see one of these before now? Yes. Is this the right no, time no. for this? Yes to both. Yeah, I'm going to give you a, a, so, a third part to this question in a second, but go ahead. I, I, I said, I was telling Rick this. I, I'd like to see it three times. I would too. Do it mid January? The first one would be right before the new year when conference play. Okay. When so, non conference so play. Like, so, like December you, 22nd, right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Based on what you're essentially non conference. I mean, actually, you do it right game. after Christmas because you have the CBS Sports Classic. So you have like a Carolina Kentucky yes, matchup. Yeah. Do it right after that. Um, or like leading, or leading into that, as yeah. your, as your that can be your lead in, and then there's your talking point with with the game, um, and it's right, be- it's, it's before the this big guy's smart. It is so. Watch out, Mark Emmer, because I will overtake you. <laughs> I've been planning this for years. Well, the, the level of intelligence in this room is really low. <laughs> yeah, you so, raised it up. So you, you're you bringing, it. you're bringing. It so up. I, I would do it there just because it, it, it's drawn up a, interest. A flash football's, of non-conference. Football's a little bit slow at the time, waiting for uh, the New Year Six and everything. Then I would do it again, like late January, uh, and then I would wait like three weeks and do it exactly this day, one month first, out. One month out. No, the first Sunday after the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And that's but that's usually a month out from selection. Right, Sunday. right. So, yeah, yeah so as, one, that's what as long as it works out. that way, yeah, just the first Sunday after well, the Super Well, the third part of my question would be, would you do this two more weeks from now, no. right before conference tournament nope. play? Because now I like that you have intrigue. Okay. And there's enough of a schedule left to yep. where everyone's playing the what-if game. When you get down to the right before the conference tournament. You'd have one week of regular season left and then the conference right. tournament. Yeah. You're basically giving out what's bracket. going on with the bracket. And, and then selection Fair Sundays. Enough. Pretty much done. It's yeah. just now, okay, what bubble the team's rest? in. Yeah. I, so I like the intrigue. It keeps Selection Sunday. What I always liked about it before I went to a two-hour two hour special long. on yeah. TBS. Yeah. <laughs> or TNT it, or whatever Reveal it in 30 on. minutes and let's move on. Yeah. Man, that's, nope. that's, that's one one commercial break. Yeah, that's exactly right. Give me two regions, yep. one commercial break, two more regions, five minutes of analysis. Then, have if you want to do an hour and a half show after that, analyze it. Great. Do that. Do the hour show afterward. That was the best part is the pace of this thing. I mean, they jump right in. They're yeah. like, yeah. here's the Bang, top we one done. seed, and it's like, boom, boom, boom. Here's the top two the, seed, boom, boom, boom. The threes and fours they did in like 90 seconds. Yeah. Here's I the threes, it. and here's the fours. No, the, the only one that, that I'm like, 
when they threw the Clemson, Brad Brunell yeah. uh, interview, and I thought, oh, no, we're not going to do this for five different coaches. Please, no. Please, no. Because, and it's so stupid to do coach interviews at that point. Cause it's like, coach, what do you think about your seat? Proud well, of my guys. doesn't count yet, yeah. but yeah. we're thrilled. Proud of my guys. I, well, I had a guy send me a t- tweet today that was like, everybody knows that this isn't real, right? And I was like, everybody, Brad has a problem with us talking about the the bracket preview so please keep that in mind. It, it, it's it, not real. It isn't real, but they they really did put the top four <laughs> seats together. The committee yeah. put the this top four Brad seats really, together. This guy Brad was really concerned that people weren't aware that okay, well. this but wasn't what Selection is real, though, Sunday. Is we have an idea. Of yeah, what we have an outline now. Like we know, okay, the Big Ten, they're not valuing it so don't yet yeah, so don't be shocked on selection sunday where some of if this Michigan winds up State ends up a three and how many how many or how few teams they get in yeah and w- ten foil hat on yeah there's going to be two big east teams that are going to be number one seeds because the creighton ad is the chair right. of the selection he, he, committee he, he know how to fix it fix was in yesterday with that call at the end of the game <laughs> in fairness if xavier is one of the ones i don't think there's any collusion going on because there's <laughs> a team in this conference who wants xavier to do well yeah they're not very they're not very well liked they're like you they're not very well liked right now. Yeah, that's true. Any other takeaways for, for you two chuckleheads from, from, from the show today? I, I'm going to defer to Bobby. He's way smarter than us. Okay. Yeah, he's done a pretty good job. My brain hurts. No, I, I think he's done a great <laughs> job. I do want to touch on, on the UC and, and Xavier's games from, from this weekend. Uh, boy, SMU. I, I know this. Look, Shake Milton, he, I'm going to give him the player of the year right now because that's how much of a difference <laughs> well, he makes. It's not just – I know it's, it's not. It's Jeray Foster yeah, as well. Not, that that oh, duo. Yeah. It's the duo, but – he makes a good point about Shake Milton. Like, well, but they, you almost should vote for him. They almost they, they, beat Houston yeah. two days, three yeah. days ago right. without him. Right. That's so, a, and they, that's why you don't vote for Rob Gray's player of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you vote for Gary Clark's player Clark, of the year, right. and you would be done with it. Um, they, they, I mean, yeah, they they're they're not good without Shake. I don't think that's any surprise. He is the engine that makes them go. He's got the ball in his hands. He's a threat to score from anywhere on the floor. Plus, he, Wichita State. Plus, he plays. 37 minutes a game with limited scholarship players. He plays 40 minutes a yeah. game with limited scholarship players. Um, it, what they did at the beginning of the second half really is the takeaway. Oh. It was incredibly impressive what they looked like for that first six minutes of the second half. Uh, Kyle Washington, it was like he was um, – he pulled out the list Drink. – of all the all the weird places that he hits that left-handed shot from, it just it was just. I'll go to the check. Got that one. Check, I'll check. go to this one. And then he was like, "All right, dunk, throw it at the bottom of the rim, and have it bounce up and go over and in." Was like the final. That was the piece de resistance for Kyle Washington in that stretch. Do you think UC's players are legitimately bored by them, the way they're dominating the conference and have now started making games inside the locker room? Like, okay, Kyle, you got hit from. It's like a game of horse sport <laughs> during the game. It's like you got to hit from here. Here, here, and well, here. What, if not, what, you buy us all dinner. The way SMU played that zone, you could you could pretty much pick your spot wherever oh you wanted God. to go. You he could did. go wherever the you wanted to go. The middle of that zone was the biggest joke I've ever seen. I, like, I could go get 15 against that zone. That was the Right now, at, at 30 years old, I could go what, get 15 against What were that they zone. trying to do? I don't know what they were trying to accomplish other than they just decided not to bring the five up. I saw that in a fourth-grade girls game last week where little Susie and Sally, just <laughs> they didn't understand. Back, girls, back. I guess I guess they were afraid if they brought the five up, they slide somebody into the short corner, and they got three or four dunks off of that where you're, they finally you're occasionally going to with your occasionally, ball yeah but you don't leave kyle washington at 12 feet to just flip the ball into the rim if you do, if you want to stay home like that sag the top two put right. the second guard play, play yeah, the fourth essentially weak side yeah. guard sinks in it's, it's yeah. not a, it or just don't like, you can tell that's a, that tim jankovic does not have great zone principles yeah. in his coaching tree Ooh. he is very much a man-to-man coach oh, yeah. that was blatantly obvious today 
And they went to the one three one at the start of the second yeah, half, that, and you see just absolutely they, 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 made they, a mockery they, of that. They, they, yeah. they hadn't repped it. He's like at halftime. What can I do, Coach? Drop to put a guy here, three guys across there, one guy <laughs> down there. If you can't, if you don't have zone principle, you can't run a one three one. It was so bad. Right, correct. It was correct. so. And I, like, there's just they're at survival mode. Like, yeah. oh no doubt. I, I, although I, I I figured you would love this. The, the lineup for the last six minutes of the game. Did you see it? I saw. I, I saw it at about the three minute mark. So yes. Trevor Moore, Keith yeah. Williams, Trey Scott, Nizier Brooks, and Eliel Stasemi. Two two shooting guards, a power forward, and two centers. Two centers. Yeah. That was the that's what they went with for like seven minutes. And that's how bad that game was. Brutal. And for a while, like until they put that lineup in and SMU got a run of points going yeah, because those guys never play together. And they made a few transition shots. And Before that, right before that started, Cincinnati was at point five nine six points per defensively? possession defensively. That's crazy. Insanity. Yeah. I mean, even a couple first half shots SMU made were tough. Oh, the step back, yeah. fall away, 17 Spin, footers yeah, with spinning, a hand in yeah, your face. Yeah. 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 Yeah, very, very difficult. SMU was just making everything. <laughs> it's a no. first, first time you can say, yeah, I guess, yeah. First time you can. You, <laughs> they were making the only thing they, they could get. Correct. And uh, ooh, they that that was a bad look for the ponies at, uh, at yeah. Moody Coliseum. But the Moody curse is broken. Yes, it is. The 15, Have you heard that? Yeah. The 15-game 15 15 specials. 15-game winning streak, 22-2 and two record going into Moody. And now for the first time See? in the McCronin era, they are 23-2 and two with a 16-game winning but streak. But this is where the Ken Palm luck factor should factor in because they're lucky that Shake Milton didn't play. We literally <laughs> they beat him by 30 that. here with Shake. I don't think they beat him by 30 in Milton with Shake. I don't think they do either. But the line was like 8-9. It opened at 2.5 and, and went up that high. That's the crazy part. I think whoever opened the line wasn't sure what was going to take place there. So um, covered it easily. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't pretty. All right. We'll preview the uh, the games on the midweek podcast, the games next weekend. Um, let's turn to, to Xavier, where uh, just take take people through that maybe didn't see the end of the, the Creighton game and the madness that ensued that allowed Xavier to escape with a one-point victory. Yeah, so a, a lot of people are talking about the calls, saying they're bad calls, saying the refs should swallow their whistle and let the players decide the game. To me, Xavier deserved to lose that game when Trayvon Blewett fouled a shooter right on his non-shooting arm as he was going up, clear as day, hit him on the arm. The ref caught it. He called it. Guy made three free throws, took the lead. Xavier deserved to lose. Unfortunately for the other team, there were still three seconds left on the clock, and uh, Creighton let Quentin Gooden dribble the length of the floor, and the Ronnie Harrell slid sideways right into his path as he's about to go up for a shot. And it was like, it's not so much that it was an egregious foul that's like, oh, we really hacked him. It's just any time you slide sideways into a guy driving to the basket – that's like one of the. It's just one of those things. It's like putting two hands on a guy, especially right above the circle. Right. Where, like the, there's the, a ref the talking point you. of where the refs look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a ref with his eyes dedicated to you, and you just continue to slide from one elbow all the way across the lane into a guy going up. It's it, just it's an easy call. The only other thing I would say is that it could have been a travel, but, but it's one of those two. It's either a foul. Or it's a travel. It's certainly not everybody a was up on, in arms that it was a play on. Right. It, there was yeah. something happened. Like, there was contact. He took three steps. You've got to call one of the two things at that or, point in time. Or Dave Von Mintz just doesn't go over the screen 95, 90 feet away. For no good just, reason. Or just switch. Like, right. you, and just stop the ball It made right no there. sense because all it was was a simple curl. It was like nothing. A, a, a low curl. 
and he's fighting the wrong side of the screen, which... Well, he was afraid he was going to catch it and launch it from 75 feet. I mean, right. that, that, the, was the, the, that was the, the defense. The defense was inexplicable. With four and a half seconds. Four and a half seconds. And a half seconds. What the hell are you doing? Why are you on the ground right. like for any reason at that point in time? It, 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 you just have to just literally just cut him and make him... Turn. Just turn or, or or take an extra half little dribble that, that's going to take a half a second, and he's not getting into the lane. He's not getting into the past the three-point line. I, like did, I, I caught... Shocking! I caught flack from Creighton fans where I said the defense was worse than the foul call. Agree, because because if you can slow him down, you don't get to the foul call. He can't get to that spot for yeah, the he's foul call. Launching yep. a twenty-eight footer, and if that goes in, yeah. tip even if he gets to nineteen at that point, right. but it, right. it's he's not rushing he's the not shot. at yeah. the rim. With what? With the contact came with a second left. Point three, technically. No, yeah. point three is when the clock right, stopped. That's point, yeah, but he got there yep. with a second yeah, right, left. Right, he right, got yeah. there in so, three and a half dribbles. Yeah, which, got, by the way, I, I like that call by Chris Mack. Just I said, too. give the ball to Quentin Gooden and go to the rim as hard as you can because they're going to be freaking out about what action we're running for Trayvon Blewett to yep. get him a thirty footer. And, and now the get it to your quickest, quickest guard to get up the court and a, a guy that can finish at the rim. He's and, playing with confidence now, and too. he's. The, the most clutch free throw shooter in the history of the NCAA. And the best three-point shooter in the Big East now. <laughs> well, only because Eric Pascal's hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Eric Pascal's shooting Eric Pascal's 142%. He's never three missed line. a three-point shot in the Big East play. <laughs> but he can't when, hit one When's the last time Quentin Gooden missed one? Two month, a month and a half ago? Yeah, he's missed like three the entire conference, you know, during conference play. Guy that can't shoot. Yeah. But, yeah, that. I'll tell you what, though. He's <laughs> a crazy season. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. I mean – is is Xavier? Are they lucky, or are they are they no. just put they're, themselves in positions to win games like this, and they're able to find the way? There's to win? a reason Chris Mack coached teams consistently win close games. There's no fortunate fouls. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, my argument. My argument to that was there is a bit of luck factor that they experience. Sure, but it's. But they take advantage of it, right. which is why everybody the, talks the about luck it. Happened because of Chris Mack's play calling, right? Because he drew up. Hey, they're going to be focused on below it. They might be focused on JP. We're running it to good it. Yeah, like that's that's Chris Mack, and then the luck stems from that. But the, there's there's a reason. It's consistently close wins for for Xavier, and it's because Chris Mack is one of the ten best coaches in America. We'll we'll clip that. We'll clip that and just get the, give me that audio. I'll post it on the Musketeer it, Report. It, yeah. That's all. That's all. Take. You gonna give it to Jody Dimling? You can have it on my podcast months. too, where Vicini calls him one of the twelve best coaches. I liked ten. I think ten best ten, will play ten, better ten, with my. Ten sounds better than twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it does. Your voice is better than Vicini yeah. too. Well, and the problem is he actually probably counted out to twelve. Like right. Well, <laughs> he had a detailed like. Well, I've I've got this guy at seven and that guy at nine because. So, it, it, but but that's why. Like it's that's where the luck stems from. It's because of. Uh, of the play calling and and, and to me it, it's because of Chris Mack like they they don't look rushed especially on the offensive side of the ball when they need to get a bucket like they'll run their sets uh, you know you see teams panic when it gets to 10 9 8 seconds oh, they're still like kind of slowly bringing the ball up and getting into their set and then you know blew it's running for a four point play Chris Mack has been in what seven or seven like one possession games or a few possession games where he had to like call something at the end of games already this year and just against Georgetown the other night, we saw him say, like, oh, yeah, I ran this play. We haven't had a chance to run yet this year, yeah. but we practice all the time. It's like, <laughs> how many game-winning plays do you yeah. got? That's what, he, that's what he does in his free, like, at home. Puts the ATOs, kids to bed and then underneath yeah. that. He's got a list, he of, got a list of man offense, zone offense, quick hitters, and, oh, stuff we haven't run all year that I want to I run because I've repped it a thousand times plays. Well, and then the other thing is with the luck, it's, 
I mentioned this on Sports Authority. They have Trayvon Blood, who's probably the best closer in yeah, and college. We, we talk, we'll call talk about killer. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Drink. Drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it's it, it just happens to be those still. And yeah, and I think there's the fact that you have to be in this many close games. Right. But Xavier keeps finding themselves in close games. Like they they don't get blown out, and then they also play down to the competition right. way too much. So yeah. Um, Lastly, before we touch on, on the three-on-three tournament, uh, Kentucky with a loss at Texas A&M, they are in, a, in the midst of a, uh, a really tough stretch yep. because Auburn's up next on the road, Bama at home after that. They still have to go to Florida. Um, to at Arkansas. What point your, to yeah. Arkansas. Ole Miss, is about, Ole Miss is about the only layup they've got left on the schedule, and that's a home game. Hey, rub. That's, don't rule out Andy Kennedy. Yeah, I, 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 that's, I, I'm, I'm ruling him out. In that they point. almost lost to Vanderbilt at home. I know. That's, that's enough said. So yeah, That's enough said. Ole Miss at home is still a possibility. That's not a gimme. Yeah. No, like – can they let, like Ole Miss can beat teams? They're not good, but they well they'll compete. Ole Miss can beat teams. <laughs> that's, like, that's about so that's the selling point. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, but that what, is the uh, yeah. the tease for the pod. At what point maybe does that group lose confidence? I mean, Cal keeps trying to talk him up, and he keeps trying to convince himself that things are going to be okay. And I get that, I do. But at what stage is it? I just you just don't see it. Uh, if they're down double digits at halftime of the first round NCAA tournament game, <laughs> that's enough <laughs> because yeah. that's like that's right. That's that's what all it comes down to, right? Like that's what Cal uh, works for. Like I've had players tell me, like he's stubborn because he knows it's not going to work November, December, January, but it's going to work in March. If it's not working, March what twelfth, fifteenth, or whatever, fifteenth, whatever, whatever it is, then. Then that halftime. This is about as far into the season as we've seen it not working. 100%. But again, we've seen the potential. Camp Cal didn't even work this year. No, it didn't. And and that's a real disappointment to this podcast. Did Cal play up Camp Cal enough this year? Because I don't remember. It was a weird weird scheduling this year. Was there just not a Camp Cal? I think, I don't. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. If, I think there was maybe a day or two, but not. Oh. not it's typically not a full fledged camp. It's oh. typically three or four days. Yeah. Cost them the season. I'm calling Oscar up tomorrow. I know, but uh, it's. Hey, Oscar. This but, is Clem from Harlan County. <laughs> yeah. I I want to know where one, Camp Cal. Where's the next Richie Farmer coming from? And two, why, why didn't you run Camp Cal this year? Why doesn't Calipari recruit Shooters. more Kentucky players from Kentucky? That's how you win. Why can't Get Jared Polson back? Why is, hey, is Richie going to start? Quit, quit, I'll hang up and listen. Well, no, because Gilgis Alexander's fine. Well, okay. They need a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> well, though. Big East Quentin Gooden would help him. The other part of this, though, um, you just got you just got completely. How shut much out. though is is maybe past <laughs> years when they have had some struggles like this and snapped out of it pretty quickly? Was the SEC wasn't very good? You had more opportunities to snap out of it. Where this year, I mean, in this stretch of games, yeah. you don't. I mean, you got you better play well, or you're not winning. Yeah, I mean that definitely plays a role in it. But kind of like what we were saying earlier, it's also the fact that they don't have that star just yeah. to dump the ball to. Like Julius, they they won. Games with Julius Randle, I remember they beat what Missouri, where he hit like a putback with two seconds left because it was just, just give him the ball and go, let him just right. finish, figure it out. Yeah. Aaron Harrison, like he, he wasn't great, but he was a guy that he made some big plays. Right. It, 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 he, yeah, he could just give him the ball and just say, just shoot it, and let's see what happens. This year, it's like, can they even get a shot off without walking? Yeah, like, it, it, they're the or throwing it to. To Oscar, they are yeah, <laughs> like they are one of the worst fundamental teams I've ever seen because it's their turnovers aren't even live ball turnovers. It's it's walked and it's chucking it out of bounds. And that damn AAU ball's ruining it, the game. Right, right. Why can't Cal recruit the white student athlete? <laughs> yeah, Jared Polson ain't coming back, folks. He's got one coming next year. 
Yeah, but he's not from Kentucky. Yeah, they only yeah, but they'll be quick to adopt <laughs> oh, him. Shocking. They'll be quick to adopt him. He plays like he's from the Bluegrass State. He, I, I could have seen him at Clay County. He he won a game in the Sweet 16. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing. That's a big, big thing, as you know. Um, Why didn't the Cavs get Jake Omer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure he wouldn't help him right now. He would, actually. <laughs> he's exactly what they need. Yes. This team could have really used the Jake. Yeah, he and he's got a one. He's a one. He's a one name guy. The Jake. The Jake. That's exactly right. And Western Kentucky is is among those teams that that was kind of on the it probably don't wind up on the bubble too. So maybe he'll be in the tournament. Maybe he'll have a longer run in the tournament than Kentucky will. Well, maybe so we get Kentucky. Good. Western Kentucky is like a seven oh, ten. Oh. I, I had the. the I, that's a five twelve matchup. Yeah. If Kentucky can win at Auburn and get to a five or win Western at Florida. Get, Western's a twelve. That's a five twelve game. Yeah. Kentucky oh, would lead conspiracy theory. Need a yep. lot of benefit of the doubt to get to a five now, but. But if there's seven right but now, if you win at Auburn and, and at Florida, you're back to a five. And the, it's not like, let's not pretend like five, six, seven lines are all that strong. Yeah, it's all the same. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah. It's all the yeah. same. That's why I so, told you today when I did the thing, I left the last four off because I honestly was like, yeah. I, I, whoever you want to go with, I'm good with. I'd love to see the Jake light up UK. That would be it. We just, he, he might go for 30 Cal, in this game. Cal's not, it's, oh. it's not going to work here That's with Cal. We got to move on. That would be brutal. Got to get a new brutal. coach. Right, four, way, um, four final fours in eight years just isn't good enough. You're involved in a, a, a pretty cool thing, a three-on-three tournament yeah. that's going to take place, um, obviously, after the season with, with seniors. And, and uh, initially, when I read it, I, I wasn't sure I understood the complete logistics of it's, – it's open to all seniors. Initially, I thought, is it going to be you just draft whoever? But it's basically leagues versus yeah. leagues. You could talk about the logistics because you are involved and talk about your involvement in it. Yeah, so there, it's every conference. There's 32 teams, 32 co- Division One conferences, seniors who exhausted their eligibility. Um, so you rule out any – possible grad transfers, things like that, because it's taking place at the Final Four with money involved. Um, and since Mark Emmert's still in charge and not me, you can't get paid if you're in the NCAA. Um, it's awesome. Um, it's a good way for, uh, you know, obviously if you're in the Final Four playing, you cannot you're, play. you're not eligible. You're right. right. But it's a good way just to, you That's know. It's unfortunate. I really wanted to see Gary Clark in that event. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, that Kentucky <laughs> seven seed though. <laughs> Let me tell you, the American could certainly use him in that event. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome though, just because it, it gives those, those guys a chance, especially from the smaller schools. You know where um, the company's putting it on is uh, Intersport. They run the uh, slam dunk contest yep. and three point contest, and they're uh, obviously a slam dunk contest. You have a lot of guys from smaller schools that come out, and um, I was talking to a guy who, who runs it, and he's like, you can just kind of tell like they want to put on a show just because people don't know who they are. Yeah, right. You know. Uh, Utah Valley or whatever, and it's like it, that. You're going to see that like Team Swack's definitely going to come out gunning, and it's going to be awesome. So, is it a five players per team? Four, four players, players per team. team. So no is, coaches. No, that's what I was wondering. So yeah. the kids are doing it. I mean, the players just yep. coach themselves. So they fly down it's three uh, on three, though, right? Three with on three, three. Yeah, with one sub. So three on three FIBA rules, uh, international. And rules. you can have up to two players from the same team. Yeah, right now it's, I thought there was only one from the same team. Originally, it was going to be that way. But the logistics became. But now it's looking like well, there's just I mean. The, you need look, at a, look at a team like Seton Hall, or well, there's just so many great seniors like loaded in one class. Is it fair to say, okay, we'll take Angel Delgado, but not Desi Rodriguez, yeah. and, and rule him out just because Angel doing Delgado? The selecting? Uh, there's 19 of us on the committee. Okay. Um, it's headed by Andy Katz, and then there's it's like me, Mark Titus, uh, DeCourcy. Oh, that's an awful start. You, Mark, you and Mark Titus. I know. Come on, uh, Ben Bruss, DeCourcy, uh, Matt Santangelo, the former Gonzaga mm-hmm. player. Um, who else is on there? Uh, Norlander. Um, so guys kind of all over. Um, 
guys kind of all over uh, that cover college basketball, former players. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be super fun. They fly down. Players fly down on Wednesday, I Do think you, it is. Do you get to go as part of this? I'm going, yeah. As part of this? Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're taking care I'm of you? I'm running their social media, yeah. And, and there's different money for how far you advance. Yep. So, pool play is going to be sort of like the S-curve. Um, they're, we're figuring out exactly. Is the SWAC third or fourth? First, in my opinion. Um, Only if Demontre Jefferson was a senior. Well, there's no, there's no academic requirement, so everyone's eligible. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's going to be, we're we're figuring out exactly what rankings we want to take, some sort of combination of Ken Palm or just take Ken Palm or whatever. Uh, And And rating the conferences. Right. So, and then one will have, you know, 15, 20, and 32 in there. In a a pool. So essentially, you know, you're not going to get, the Big East and the Big 12 and the SEC all in one pool. You'll have them spread out this way. And then payment's going to be $1,000 per team for every pool play win. There's obviously three pool plays. Quarterfinal, you get $1,000. Semifinals, you get $1,000. 50 grand for the for the final. So win it all, you're essentially walking home with about 13 5 Each player. Each player. Do you have a TV partner? Yes. Uh, it's, every game's going to be on Twitter Live. And then the semifinals and the championship game. The championship's best out of three. Oh, cool. I believe the semis are best out of three as well. But that's going to be on ESPN, too. I, I think that's fabulous. And, and as part of the selection, no coaches. So you're going to have to get, like, on each team, a coach's son, a coach on the floor. Andrew Dockage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> found, found, found my first pick for the Big Ten. And I am accepting bribes. <laughs> like I am, I, I drop bags, whatever you want. I I have zero zero ethics when it comes to selecting players. I appreciate that. You can just it. take off the when it comes to selecting players. Right. <laughs> I have just that's the clip. I have zero ethics. <laughs> so uh, let me help you out here. Um, Marcus Foster, Trayvon Blewett, Keelan Martin, and Angel Delgado from you the Big East yeah. you, think, team. you don't think Xavier's making the Final Four? I mean, I wouldn't predict that. No, <laughs> the Big East is. I think. By far, I think the best, uh, assuming, take out whoever makes the Final Four, I think they are easily the favorites in terms of just You the have the rebounder, team. and then the guys that run right to the line for the kickout. Although I sort of want to just throw Rousey out there. No, you don't. <laughs> because here's the problem. His teammates will hate all oh, of right. you for doing right. that. Yeah. Be like, guys, we came here to play too. Right. Um, AAC, boy. Oh, yeah. So I put out my mid-select. I So I'm running the social media for the event, uh, which you can find at 3x3u hoops on Twitter. And every Friday, I'm releasing a couple of my selections of who I'm currently voting for. In the American, I had Clark. Um, this is only when you could have one still, right? Is, is yes. University of Cincinnati Medical Center working on that genome project where they can just clone Gary yet? Yeah. Just play four Gary Clarks? You'd probably win the whole thing. I had Clark Gray, junior at two, who's thirty-seven. I know he's he's been in college so long, and well, he entered college at twenty-four. Shaq so. Morris, I think there, I think that was my four. I would it, go. The AAC is weird because there's not a great like like the Big East. You have wing wing guard. Big. Oh, yeah, I would go perfect. Right. Yeah, perfect scenario. Is Jeremiah Martin a senior? I don't remember off the top of my head. I would go Jeremiah Martin. I think he is. Jeremiah Martin, Rob Gray, Gary, and Kyle. Don't with your two UCs. I think you need someone from Wichita. Yeah. Because part of it's also like rewarding them for. You don't have anybody from Wichita. I said Chuck Morris. Oh, okay. I would 
part of it's like rewarding them for the career. Like I could go Morris over Kyle. Yeah, that's why I would do that. Boy, but would nobody would? Well, Angel Delgado is the only guy that would get a rebound outside of he'd get every rebound and. Gary and Shaq Morris right. doing pretty freaking well, good. He'd get a lot. He'd get Angel sh- Delgado's the best in the country. Yes. Those two guys are not far behind. See, I think that's why the Big East lineup is ideal because you've got two guys in Keelan and Trayvon who Just can run really right, rebound run right, but are super skilled. And yeah. there's no checks. So it's it's FIBA rules, so you just get the ball and go. Like you don't is check it full it. court? No, it's half court. Oh, take it back. But you run right to the line, right? Yeah. Three point yeah. line. Yeah, yep. just run right okay. to the line. It's just no checks, I just love go. That. Yeah. This is a made-for-Twitter moment, by the that's, way. Like, that's, that's you guys have it on Twitter it live is yeah. going to be perfect because this is going to be a it's, fun night to tweet. So it's only it, one game at a time? No, so they're setting it up like, like AAU pool stuff. Okay. They, they're going to stagger it, though. So, so they're not all beginning and team ending Team 1 versus 2 start at, starts at noon. Team 3 versus 4 starts at 12.04. So you can start catching some ends. So it's going to be uh, it's first to 21 by 1s and 2s or 10 minutes. I'm legitimately excited about this event. It's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a super cool event just because the rise of three and three has been yeah. huge with the It's Olympics an Olympic sport. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually guys that people know. Like, you know, we're targeting, for instance, ACC, we're targeting Grayson, Joel Berry. And it is fine. I don't mind the three-point contest and the dunk contest during the Final Four, but a lot of times, I, I it's even guys I'm looking going, I just... I, it's I, a lot I, of people I, you I, don't know. I'd like to be interested yeah. in you guy, but I just, I don't have any interest right. in you. So And because, I mean... How many big name guys are going to do the dunk contest? Right, the three point contest. Maybe you get you get guys that'll do that, but this like but that's with, almost because it, it is. It's become so cliched. And right, I, I, but, this is something fresh and different. And, and you're right on the rise. And right, I think I think it's a great time to capitalize. Have on. Have you gotten any feedback from players yet in terms of interest? Like, is everyone going to? I would assume no one would turn this down. Um, we haven't yet, but uh, the Drew Russell, who's the VP of Intersport, I've talked to him about it. So far, the feedback from like coaches and ads have been positive. The, the only just thing I'll ask you about, in all seriousness, is because you are doing this probably not around a spring break time, not before and into semester time. No, is, it's is right at the fun four? Well, just from a class perspective, because you're allowed to get out. Well, no, no, you're allowed. Turn his mic off. Hear me out. Drink. Hear me out. No, you, schools will let you out for stuff that you're doing for your school, but will they? That, that's the only logistical Skinny. thing I could run into. I'm serious. They're making money off it. They'll let you do whatever as long well, as you're earning the other thing. dollars. How many, how many seniors have classes on Fridays? Hopefully, if they're smart, none. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're there. And I'm not sure. If I was a senior, Thursday. I had a chance to make 50 grand, and I had to miss a class or yeah. two? To hell with that. Right. I'm missing a class. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. And it's. Plus, basketball season's over. How many seniors are actually going to class the right. rest of the year? Plus, it's Easter weekend, so who knows? a lot yeah. of schools might be yeah. cl- I, Closed on Monday. Or I was just saying, I was trying to run into any logistics that you ran into. That you're like, no, eh, there was nothing. I mean, balked. Yeah, it's no. Um, you know, like there's something I'd be interested in. Like, let's say Duke doesn't make it. Will Grayson and K go? Like, I, I could see like Roy Williams with Barry being like, no, go, and I'm going to sit right in front of you. Or right yeah, it's a recruiting opportunity. Yeah, look, well, look, yeah. look, I'm always by your side, type of thing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see when it actually gets there because I mean, selections are happening. After the lead eight, because you don't know who's going to be right. in there, right? Right. So it's going to be interesting to see if w- we know, get an exclusive, like in the committee room. Yeah. It feels like this draft skinny podcast. Take, it feels like this would take. If you, if you thought about the, the draft process, how long this might take? Will this be? This won't be like your normal. You and your buddies in a fantasy draft where you can get it over in two and a half. So we select all like there's a preliminary big list. Google Doc. Yeah. Okay. So we submitted the preseason preliminary list. We have another one coming out this month where we do another mid, essentially mid season right. selection, and then at the end. Um, and they're streaming on Twitter the selections for the final teams, but um, we fill it out all electronically. Oh, cool. Yeah, so cool. it's it's easy to. I mean, 
you know someone like the Big East, it takes two seconds. Like, I know who I'm picking. Now, when you get down to, like, Sunbelt, something <laughs> like that, where it's like, all right, who the hell am I missing besides, like, uh, Kevin Hervey? If LeVon Holland doesn't make the Horizon he was team, not, I'm coming for every was, one of you. He was the first one I picked. Good. Yeah. You feel better now? Yeah, I'm good. The, the, I think the Horizon League could be pretty good. So do I, because the Kendrick conference Nunn stinks, but... LeVon Holland at the top. They just don't have a big... Like, I was, I went through, like, all is, the teams that were... Isn't Jalen Hayes a senior from Oakland? You make him... I mean, he's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah, four, I was five. thinking just, like, your traditional 6'9", six, 6'10", six, type big. Yeah, but the bigs, the actual bigs in the Horizon League stink. Yeah. The, Drew McDonald's the best player in the conference, and he's 6'7". Right. And he's not eligible yet. The best big in the conference is playing at Xavier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That actually would be a good team. If Cantor yeah, was in... Yeah. Cantor, Holland, and uh, none. That would have been a really good team. <laughs> That'd be a top three team. Uh, Green uh, Link Darner Link Darner would have been like, um, "Nah, I don't think we're going to send him." Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he didn't even yeah. use Karim Cantor yeah. while he was there. Yeah, I couldn't squeeze more than nineteen minutes a game out of him. Sorry, couldn't, yeah, couldn't so play. It's going to be super cool because it's going to be interesting to see like how quick these guys get used to playing with each other. You'll Most of a, them will know each other from conference media days. And oh, right, right, right. But the fact that you actually get have to, to know, know have other. to go yeah. play with them. Yeah. And they'll have a day uh, when they fly into San Antonio. To, to work out with each other. Practically. Yeah, they're doing like a training session with the officials and with... Um, are you going to Are you gonna run any of the drills? Any of the stations? Yeah. I'll be doing all the bounce passes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get zero shots up. Um and then they'll have a shoot around and practice time and things like that. So they'll have at least a brainstorming session. Um, I, I mean, I'm excited, man. It's going to be yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. Really I, I, I feel like there's a lot of – everyone's kind of like when it first got announced, everyone's like, all right, that's kind of cool, especially you throw out $100,000, piques people's interest, especially with everyone kind of talking about NCAA. Getting paid, getting paid in, yeah, now. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, here are players – that were playing as of five days ago weren't getting paid. weren't getting paid. And now they and have now a chance. They to. have a chance to win thirteen grand, which not a it's ton, not a but ton, but it's enough. Even, hey, I'll take thirteen. I would have taken thirteen grand in my last month of college. Right. <laughs> even if you win, even if you win two games, you get a couple hundred bucks. Like they're getting per diem, they're getting their hotel and airfare paid for. So you're pocketing are a couple all seniors, bucks. so they're all going to be of age. Yeah, probably could have a good time down there. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, you two chuckleheads have a final take at all. Yeah, I like to publicly denounce the existence of Rick Broering. That's okay. all I've got. There's that. How about you, Rick Broering? I don't. I don't really understand where that's coming from. That I'm, seems unnecessary I'm just, and unprofessional. I'm, I, I'm staying out they of this ban- entirely. They should banish him from the airwaves. I, I'm, I'm staying um, out of this. Uh, I will say, UC fans are a bit softer than than I would expect. That it was a bad showing by them over the last 24 hours. A little embarrassing. Um, for my take, we've talked a lot about. Xavier playing down to the level of competition this year. And one of my members, whose name is Expectation, I like it. on the board. With, with X, obviously. With just the X, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he did a little research on this because he wanted to prove whether, you know, I keep saying this, is it right or am I just uh, talking out of my rear? And uh, here's some interesting numbers on Vegas lines for Xavier this year. Game Xavier won and did not beat the spread. Georgetown at home, St. John's at home, DePaul at, home, at home, Marshall at home, East Tennessee State at home. Games that Xavier won and narrowly beat the spread at Northern Iowa, at St. John's, at Marquette, neutral against George Washington. And uh, won and comfortably beat the spread by more than two possessions at Butler, home against Marquette, at Seton Hall, home against Creighton, Butler, Cincinnati, Baylor, at Wisconsin. It pretty much matches up with what we've been saying all year. When they play someone good, they show up and play well. 
when they play someone else, they cruise through about 30 to 35 minutes of the game and finish it off. So Chris Mack needs to have them stop looking at Vegas lines before they play. They need to practice before they practice. Practice, practice not looking at Vegas lines. They need to practice yeah. before they practice to get them su- sufficiently tired. So for, they won't look at Vegas so they lines. Won't look, so they'll play harder. Maybe should, he should start running before they practice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They got to they like, shoot around and then practice. That's why Quentin Gooden's making shots And then shoot now. free throws. That's why he's it's, making shots. It's just like free throws. Yeah. That's why the guy's making shots. Same thing here. Same principle applies. All right, boys. I appreciate it. Riggs, thanks for stopping in. Yeah, no pre- problem, good luck with the three on three. I think it's going to be really cool. I hope so. Very good. All right, for Chad Brendel, Rick Broering, Bobby Regan, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hey. Hey.